Hello and welcome to The Roll Up, Leafly's news and culture podcast covering all things cannabis. I'm your host, Bruce Barcott, and this week we'll be discussing everything from the blockage of the Rohrabacher Blumenauer Amendment to cannabis advertising to the pleasures of THC at the Minnesota State Fair. Joining me today are Leafly editors Ben Adlin. Hello. And Dave Schmader. Hello. This is our first episode, and we hope this will be a loose, fun, conversational show about the news. I hope to be more of a distributor than a shot maker, more Chris Paul, less Kobe Bryant. Sorry, Dave, I know I I told you there would be no sports metaphors, but yes, there will be sports metaphors. Not a lot, but still. Um, Let's let's dive right into it. Actually, you know what? The big news of the day, uh, the scourge of the pumpkin spice latte is back. Uh, Day after Labor Day, the signs went up. At Starbucks around town, we are based here in Seattle. Is that what you're drinking over there? No, Chris? I'm I'm not. I'm I'm hitting the uh, the local there, okay. uh, Cafe Darte. Okay, the okay. folks on the the good folks in the corner here. But uh, you know, this is one of the most bitterly divisive issues in the Pacific Northwest. Pumpkin spice, yay or nay, Dave Schmader. Never had this. Like the macarena, something I just missed about, had? and like had to go Google later and be like, "What was a macarena that everyone's talking about?" <laughs> and same thing with pumpkin spice. Like, really, I, just, I I absorb the culture that it exists in, but I've never tasted it. And brownish orange just is kind of like the color of run the opposite direction. Yeah. For me. All right, Ben, you? I'm a PSL agnostic. I think um, I've I've stayed away from them in the past yeah. because I I'm I'm insecure and worried about being labeled as a as a as a basic. Uh, human being um but then i got a toffee nut uh coffee just at a little local place the other place they put a little pumpkin spice on top i was sold man it was oh, pretty good man. it's not what i order but oh. i i it made me rethink my allegiances or Am at least I fool? Uh, is there some magical thing that happens with the pumpkin flavor in a coffee flavor? there's not it's not even pumpkin it's the weird thing it's just spices that go in oh. it's just spices yeah. that it's accompany spices pumpkin that there's no pumpkin and pumpkin. pumpkin spice okay. yeah well when it when the signs go up the day after labor day i kind of feel like when i was a kid and the back to school signs would go up on july 5th i'm like come on mm-hmm. really really all right. It's McRib season almost. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's coming up soon. Okay. <sighs> hey, let's get into the news. Uh, this week, we saw big things happening with medical marijuana protections, and not in a good way. Um, the Rohrabacher-Blumenauer Amendment, which is the sort of largest, most basic protection for medical marijuana patients in 29 states, uh, and needs to be renewed by Congress every once in a while. The current one uh, expires at the end of September, but it was blocked in committee in the House last night. Uh, some of us were up late writing the darn story. Um, ben, this is not good news. It's not good news. First of all, let me just give a quick crash course on what the Blumenauer, uh, yeah. uh, excuse me. The long-worded amendment. The Rohrabacher Blumenauer, formerly known as Rohrabacher Farr Amendment. Uh, so if you see that, it's the same thing. Uh, just Farr ain't around anymore, mm-hmm. so Rohrabacher took his place. Uh, <coughs> excuse, excuse me, Blumenauer took his place. Took yeah. his place. Excuse me. Uh, so. Basically what it is, is it is the only formal protection uh, from federal prosecution uh, that's extended under federal law to uh, medical marijuana states. Uh, so yeah, there's the Cole Memo, but the Cole Memo is a guideline. The Cole Memo is not binding. Uh, the Blumenauer, excuse me, I don't know why I can't say Blumen- it today. Rohrabacher Blumenauer. Every other episode, i It's basically, a, it's a budget <laughs> amendment that says that the Justice Department cannot spend any of its money arresting or prosecuting folks who are or in alignment with, with state legal medical marijuana programs, yeah. And recently it effectively ended a multi-year case against uh, Harborside Health Center mm-hmm. uh, in Oakland. Um, so it has teeth um, It affects for now. real people on the ground, yeah. right. Um, the hard part, and what I was hoping you could try to sort mm-hmm. of explain to us, is 
So there are two versions of this spending bill right now. There's the Senate version, right? And we we already got the, the this amendment in that bill. Yeah, the 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 language that is this mimics Rohrabacher Blumenauer is in the Senate version of the spending bill. So it is coming. Um, it's just not coming in full force. Uh, the whole thing is a little uh, frustrating and bizarre because Dana Rohrabacher obviously sponsor of the of the amendment is one of the sort of staunchest both Republican conservatives and a Trump supporter at the same time uh, and yet he could not get his party's leadership to uh, to back this amendment which is which has passed fairly easily in in uh, in previous years so it's a little um, it's a little uh, uh, mysterious we don't know whether it was the sort of Republican high house leadership. Um, coming down and saying, no, we don't want this, or whether it was Pete Sessions, who was the chair of this particular committee, the House Rules Committee, Pete Sessions, not related to Jeff Sessions. Well, except for maybe ideologically, it looks like. maybe. Um, So we're going to have to wait and see if the Warbacher-Blumenauer language survives when the House and Senate versions of this bill crash together. Uh, and they come into that all-important conference reconciliation committee. Um, unfortunately, we don't have access to that committee, but uh, hopefully others will have uh, some, uh, so some how, sway. How worried are you? Are you? I mean, uh, it, you know, it's, it seems like we still got conference to, to try to hammer this out, but... I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried. I got to say, I am a little worried... Because there are just because Washington D.C. is nothing but wild cards right now, um, and while I think that marijuana, sorry, medical marijuana, is wildly popular with voters and is becoming more digestible to members of Congress, there are still plenty of members of Congress who just do not want to touch this issue at all. Dave, what are your thoughts on this? One of the big clues we had was that Trump was weirdly supportive of states' rights on marijuana, and it was one of the few kind of little things we can hang our hope on, and that's kind of all I have left still right. is he went on the record, which means nothing with the current president, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and the idea of how it would play out, like, okay, you, then it would probably look like what's happening in Toronto, where I, I guess they just pick a place. Why that one instead of the one across the street? No one knows. Yeah, but. exactly. Yeah, maybe they would go after a more conservative state or a state that's just starting up, like Maryland or something like that. I'm not, I just, nobody knows, yeah. What would a, what would the, if in a state with a cannabis medical marijuana friendly governor or a city with a medical marijuana friendly mayor, would they have any ability to, like, just because money can be given to the department to crack down, is there any way to say that they can counter that or somehow mitigate? It depends on who your attorney, your state attorney general is. You know, we have a fairly activist state attorney general here in Washington state, Bob Ferguson, who's been active on uh, the Trump administration's moves on immigration. Um, whether, and pretty outspoken on yeah, cannabis. Yeah, pretty outspoken. And, and whether whether they those attorney generals want to spend their political capital and the energy of their office on this issue, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's if hard people to say. are if there are people who cannot get medicine they need that will be interviewed and photographed, this could get really ugly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you have seen some tough talk from state uh, officials. Uh, I've seen it out of uh, Washington. Um, you know, there was a little bit of a, uh, Bob Ferguson did push back a little bit after Jeff Sessions wrote that letter. Right. Um, you know, Alaska has said that there there couldn't be a federal crackdown. I'm not sure how realistic that is, but they're certainly talking a big game. There's some folks in. California elected officials, um, but I think I have yet to see a, a really strong argument for legally how they would prevent that uh, if if there's no 
uh, you know, uh, Rohrbacher Blumenauer Bill or, um, you, know, you know, anything along those lines. Come on, baby, come on, baby. Upbeat issue. Is this the uh, fair? Is this, this the fair? Is, no, not yet. <sighs> this is uh, cannabis advertising. It was kind of in the news a lot this past week. Uh, we learned that major cable networks have started to run the first cannabis adjacent advertisement for the Hoban Law Group. This is a uh, Denver based law office that uh, has um, uh, satellite offices in a number of states around the country, um, run by uh, Bob Hoban, a well-known lawyer in Denver and in the cannabis industry. Anyway, he put together an ad, a 30-second spot, that is essentially like every other lawyer ad you've seen on TV. And it just essentially says, are you interested in starting a business in the growing cannabis industry, medical cannabis and adult use, or the industrial hemp industry? I'm Bob Hoban, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and you, if you didn't hear the word cannabis or know it, it was about cannabis, it would completely glaze across, across your eyes. Um, and I think it was part of the, the sort of genius of the ad because they needed to make it uh, palatable to all these channels, each of which have very tight restrictions about cannabis and how it can be used or portrayed and this sort of thing. Um, so we had that going on. At the same time, Ben, we had California considering an outright ban on everything having to do with yeah, cannabis mostly product. everything. Yeah. Um, first of all, I just want to say how genius it is of them to have both run a spot that's going to get them uh, uh, eyeballs and then run a spot in a way that's going to get folks like us to talk and write about it. It's really a, a, a sort of a double bang yeah. for your oh, buck. Yeah. I interviewed Bob himself, and he, he said, look, we did this in part to continue to be pioneers in this industry. And that's, that's why them, this yeah. was a story, was because it's sort of gives us a sense of where the edge is and where uh, cannabis is, is moving into the mainstream. Um, this is sort of a marker. But anyway, back yeah, to no, California. On that, on that note, that's actually a great sort of setup. Um, how much we want cannabis to be mainstream is, is, is sort of a big piece of this California bill that uh, was going to limit uh, advertising. And here's a, what it was going to do. Basically, it said that you weren't allowed to advertise through any kind of apparel or other sort of promotional merchandise um, at all, period. So there are already um, restrictions in the bill that was passed, or excuse me, the initiative that was passed, uh, Proposition 64. It limits sort of giveaways to things of, of you know, T-shirts and stuff like that um, to uh, events at which you'd, you'd reasonably assume, like a, like a, like a pot shop or a, 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 a certain fair, or like a beer garden where people are over 21. I'm sorry, um, I'm, I'm cracking up because I have a, like a box full of Cannabis T-shirt swag. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I, I, I was a, just at Hempfest. This is a major yeah. portion of the cannabis industry. Ben. I, I was at Hempfest. What two, was that? Two weeks ago, and and yeah, just walking around. People were just giving free T-shirts away, things like that. Um, those things under the bill would have been illegal, if and only if you were a state licensed uh, cannabis company. Um, and and this is actually one of the things that was a little strange about it was. Uh, so let's take Leafly for example. Um, Leafly here, we don't we don't touch cannabis. We're, no, not we're, a, we're, not we're a peripheral license. business, yeah. right? Uh, we don't require a state license for what it is we're doing, providing information. Um, but and so because of that, we could have put something that said "Come smoke weed" on a T-shirt, right? And and the bill wouldn't have said anything about it. But I think that one of the absurdities of this bill is that a a, a big actor like a Leafly could have done something like that, and a small tiny. Uh, 
uh, mom and pop dispensary couldn't put uh, their logo on a T-shirt or a hat. Um, right, it, just the name. Not right. Even, even so, so the whole regardless idea, regardless of belief or anything like that. Yeah. The, the stated motivation for this was to prevent kids from being unfairly targeted or marketed, um, and there are already certain protections in the in the law that do that. Um, and so, what was interesting about this bill is, at first, I think maybe because its stated you know goal was about children, it really sailed through uh, the, the legislature. It, it it went through. It cleared uh, the Senate on a, on a forty to zero vote. Uh, it went through the first two, I think, two assembly committees, uh, almost unanimous votes. There were a couple of, of sort of declined to vote folks. Um, so it looked like it was just on its way. And then folks like us in the media started catching eye, uh, catching wind of it, and um, started asking questions and. You know, realizing that it, it might cut into things like employee uniforms, um, it, it might raise uh, uh, First Amendment concerns, um, you know, it, it didn't seem to allow for any nuance between uh, a recreational shop that's all about, you know, getting face meltingly high versus uh, a medical shop, which is about making sure your kids don't have, you know, epilepsy. Um, and so I think... Uh, uh, what, what, what I'm expecting is that even though this, uh, this law, this particular law failed and is, it's shelved indefinitely at this mo- point, um, I think it's such an uh, energetic discussion around advertising and around advertising to children that I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some other version of Come this. Come back up, yeah. Um, yeah. Th- you know, through the, through the discussion of whether or not Cal- or California should legalize, um, that was a huge talking point as to you know, how much can big companies advertise uh, how are we going to make sure they don't advertise to children? And while there are certain protections in there, and, and I think you know, folks should go read those and decide if the protections are good enough or not, there's a lot of spin on both sides at this point. Um, you know, it, it is something that I think both lawmakers and a lot of parents uh, don't feel like is completely addressed. Um, and so we'll, I'll be interested to see how that happens. Uh, uh, Dave, how do they handle it in Canada? And before, I, before answering, let me just tell our listeners that, that Ben gen- generally handles most of our articles coming from California. Dave handles a lot of most of the stuff coming from Canada. I move over to here to you, Dave. What's what's uh, how is Canada thinking about handling uh, handling advertising? They're figuring it out now, and it's going to be up to every province to do its own. Um, so er, anything goes in BC, and nothing in Alber- <laughs> in Alberta. The story you wrote before I worked here about let's be polite and we're Canadian with our law with our advertising. Right, right. No that risk, might be please. The, we're Canadian. No risk. That, no risk. That's that right. might be the most I know about it. Oh, it's, I know. Yes, it was. There was a clause <laughs> in there that, that, that said you should, you, the advertising should not um, contain images of risk or courage or boldness. Yeah. Um, don't try working out after. Right, right. Like, which, uh, which was really interesting because. Don't go for a or, hike. Or even, yeah, don't go for a hike because some of the um, best advertising here in Washington State actually has been mm-hmm. with imagery of, of sort of vibrant, healthy um, uh, young adults out hiking in the Cascades yeah. and this sort of thing. It's it a lot always, like, we summited this mountain. Yes. Woo! Yeah, it was always, they looked like REI ads, you know, and, and uh, they, were, they were actually, they, they worked well, they were tasteful. Um, and you know, you see, we live here in Seattle where, where advertisements are up on billboards. Uh, you know, you come up 99 and, and you see billboards for Ganja Goddess and other places and they're, they just sort of, they, they just sort of wash past your eye. Um, there are no, there are no cartoons, there are no big pot leaves, anything like that. Um, they're just sort of part of the landscape, like, like anything else. Um, yeah. Here, the, the sassier ones just kind of have language where it's like, Hey, come get high, you know, but it's. Yeah, the weird part to me is that the ones that probably would be okay in Canada are the ones that I find the most garish and annoying here in Washington. I mean, when you drive the, past the big ones, they just say, legal weed, 21 plus, <laughs> yeah. gigantic, you know, yeah. cannabis leaf. Yeah. 
uh, that to me is w- way more kind of ugly and it's low brow. You know, I mean, yeah, it's weird. Like the the down the down market advertising is is just sort of like uh, kind of janky and. Uh, it almost feels like that's what Canada wants, though. They, they just want a big sign that says, here is where you buy that stuff you've heard about. They kind of would. Like The Ontario government had uh, gave some g- guidelines for legal for packaging, and it was hardcore generic, like... There could be the packaging just had to be like oh a, pres- my God. a prescription label, like beer, beer or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm oh. just like, this is what it is. There is no color or cartoon or any character. It's here's your necessary medicine. Right. Which is interesting because you know, on one hand, I think that goes a little too far. On the other hand, I don't want there to be a you know Joe Camel of cannabis. I don't. Right, I, I right. think we can all acknowledge that that was clearly an I, effort to try to get yeah. kids to smoke. Yeah, and I think I think that that uh, especially um, companies in Colorado, Washington, and California, uh, we see a lot of really interesting packaging coming out of California that is this really nice and eye-catching and tasteful. Um, and it has no cartoons, has no camels, has no no characters on them. Um, they're, they're they look like high-end cosmetics. The ingenuity of people um, trying to make a living in any business, um, they will they will find a way to work with whatever regulations exist. And I think that we're we're seeing that in in these legal states. That was kind of the great moral for me of the um, Hoban ad was mm-hmm. uh, the backstory. Like that once the ad is out, it looks. It's 30 seconds long. It's the smoothest thing you ever seen. It's like, oh, it's here. And their story of the 18 months of, of yeah. investigative work into the, the linguistics the, of yes, it. <laughs> the producer that, that Hoban worked with was a guy who's, who's a veteran uh, TV commercial and, and uh, show producer. And he said basically the way, it, the way they made it work was that he had yeah, been kind of, kind of compiling the rules for all these different cable networks over months and, and getting into the intricacies. Well, you can say this, but you can't say that. And then finding finding the the threads that would move through each of those those specific rules um, to make it work for all of them. Yeah, it was yeah. really an amazing project. And so much of the the phrasing of that, with especially with I guess all cannabis, but especially medical, is you'll get a lot of um, relief. No. You're, or no, no, not even relief. Sometimes it'll be you'll be revived. There'll be small. There are these wow. kind of brings you back from yeah. the dead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's quite the claim. That's the brand Lazarus. <laughs> Uh, the uh, let me let me move on to uh, uh, one other uh, uh, piece of lighter news. This came out of a report on the Minnesota State Fair. Go Twins! I'm going to um, uh, Kirby Pocket for a second. Second, uh, Kirby Pocket. He was a uh, big hitter for uh, the Twins during the couple of years that they were really uh, good and won the World Series, which I only know because I lived there and was two. And this this but, is it a, an American sport? Yeah, it's called baseball. <laughs> okay. It's like the crick, the cricket <laughs> of the U.S. Um, I just remember Kirby Puckett because he's got a real friendly face and a real round butt. <laughs> I love the fire plug, man. A lot of sand. That's what they call it in <laughs> yeah. pro sports. Sand? A lot of sand back there. Yeah. Wait, seriously? Yeah. That's what they call yeah. it? Yeah. Why is it called sand? Because it's like a sandbag. Like, you know, if you've got a, a, a really, <laughs> like, a, a serious butt that... that That's uh, way too much thought that went into that. I, uh, yeah, but no, it's, it's, it's true. Like, when you look... When, when coaches talk about uh, football linemen or, uh, uh, you know, the power of, a, of, a, of an outfielder, you know, at bat, like, that, 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 the, the, 
The glutes, they make it. I was going to say, the, clinic, the clinical <laughs> term would work just fine. I'm serious. Glutes. I got to tell you, look, years ago, I did a story on the U.S. ski team. No, this is serious. I did a story on the U.S. downhill ski team. And the difference between the people who were on the podium earning the medals and the younger, mostly younger skiers were just these massive thighs and glutes. Huh. I mean, they they like worked on skaters. these things for years. Yes, like Eric Eric mm-hmm. Kaiden, like, like these massive... And like holy crap yeah that wow yeah you kind of just want to thank someone who has a butt like that like thank you (laughs) thank you for sharing that with america Wow. all right uh finally twig oh my god i'm gonna bring us back to cannabis here uh finally we have uh an item uh, out of the minnesota state fair uh this year's state fair brought in a record number of attendees just under two million people in in 12 days. And of those, uh, I guess it's not a, a, a huge sample size, about 7,100 of those 2 million set aside a bit of time to fill out a survey commissioned by the Minnesota House of Representatives. And the survey essentially asks, do you support or oppose fully legalizing adult use marijuana? Uh, you're, ask, you're asking this to people who are surrounded by like uh, yes, like yes. funnel cakes. Yeah, and, exactly. This oh, is a very I know which crowd, way this is going. Very I know exactly crowd. which way this a is falling. A slight majority, fifty point six percent, said yes. They would. They backed the idea with, but but the the percent the the surprising part was that only thirty nine point seven opposed, and about ten percent said no opinion, undecided. So really interesting. Like only forty percent really staunchly opposed 50% for it. Um, Honestly, so the number- that's less support than I would have expected. Really? Yeah. I mean, so in my limited experience... Of state uh, fairs? Uh, well, um... Because <laughs> that's where yeah. I'm going with this. Take I'm going you with want. the state fair angle. I guess, no, but 50% just sounds very low in terms of, uh, you know... It, it, in the abstract, a lot of times it's easy to get majority support for legalization, but once once push comes to shove and you have to figure out how far from schools and what kind of advertising it's restrictions true. and this and that, it's true. then that really kind of falls apart. So I'm curious where you're going but with these this. But these aren't the members of the indie rock scene in Minnesota, in Minneapolis uh, going to the state sure. fair. Sure, no, that's fair. Um, I just, no, I, what I'm going with this is uh, where better to mm. enjoy cannabis than at the state fair? I mean... Ha, what was, what was the last state fair you went to? I mean, come uh, on. Maybe the Minnesota State Fair, but uh, or, or the Puyallup Fair. But no, you're you're right. I mean, th- that's why I'm, I'm. The Minnesota State Fair is has some of the best fair food that I've ever 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 been to. You've actually attended? No, I have. Yeah, oh. uh, I, I I was born in Minneapolis, um, so I have a lot of family there, uh, and we went back. And yeah, you got. You got the, what dairy dairy princess? Their busts yeah, yeah. Uh, out of butter funnel, funnel cakes. Uh, f- oh, just some of the best deep fried everything. Um, it, yeah, oh, it is. It is. It's like a guilty you get the version. Munchies, you get the munchies uh, yeah. at a state fair. You're in heaven. Yeah. Or if you have celiac like me. Well, hell. okay. Dave, state fair. Oh, I go to Puyallup every year, and I'm always high. Why would you oh. go to a state fair not high? Man. And I will probably discover if it is worth the high for oh, me yeah. if you're for it. <laughs> um, <okay. laughs> we'll look. We'll uh, keep our eye. Yeah, the that, Puyallup fair is coming up in for a, that article. a week. I was sober in Minnesota. I think I was like 16, though. So, what, what are you going to do? Yeah, state like the state fair stuff that kills me is Hobby Hall or 4-H stuff. Where Hobby Hall is any human who has a collection can fill out a form and get into the fair, and then you're like, here's a seven-year-old with 
500 photos of Betty White, yeah. America's sweetheart, or watching or, watching the guy in the uh, uh, with the with the Ginsu knives, right? With whatever knife, even, even like, really large oh vegetables are great when you're high. Even the gigantic pumpkins yeah. and things like that are pretty fun when you're high. Or like the, the, the cow, or not the cow, the pigs. I really like pigs when I'm high. Uh, uh-huh. There you go. Pig races. That's yeah. one for the. Yeah. All right. All right. Don't know. State fairs. Uh, wasn't there a state fair? It was Oregon, I think, had a cannabis exhibit at its yeah, last state yeah. fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? they did. They were the first state fair to have, uh, a, like, I think, official entries uh, for cannabis. Oh, cannabis like garden. Like part of the agricultural yeah, stuff? Yeah, like hot damn. Oh, it's actually great. a plant you grow Cannabis around. garden next to the beer garden? TM, TM, TM. Yes. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm patenting that tonight. Um, come on. That would be amazing. In Oregon, that's totally doable. They're, they're, that's... Yeah, yeah, just put up a put up a couple of sheets, make it private. You know, you're fine. Oregon, get on it. All right, uh, I think that does it for us here at the Roll Up. Thank you for listening. We will be back next Friday with another discussion of the week's news. Until then, I'm Bruce. I'm Ben. Enjoy your pumpkin spice lattes. I'm Dave. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with America.